Well, hello and welcome once again to Facts and Figures City Watch on the air. I'm Michael, and as always, we welcome you, and we're going to be talking all things business and or business-related. And to that end, we are with Chris Jackson of Lionshare Partners. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, Michael. Thank you for having me. Good. As you know, Chris has agreed to help us a little bit uh, with regard to the markets. For those of you who are in the markets or like to keep an eye on what's happening, uh, we had a chance to speak with you last year on the fourth quarter report. So we're going to talk yeah. to you about first quarter this year. Uh, tell me a little bit about what's going on. Do, do things look uh, as uh, dismal as some folks are predicting, or are we looking at a, at a better side, or what's happening? Well, it, it'll be foolish to ignore, you know, the, the elephant in the room from our, our last conversation in the fourth quarter. I mean, the U.S. equity markets are coming off a very weak fourth quarter, uh, one that saw the S&P 500 index shed you know, about 13.5% of its value. Um, so there's no doubt that the heightened volatility um, has led to a lot of sleepless nights for some investors, um, advisors, and market observers over the, the last holiday season. Um, but the good news is that we, we've definitely seen a, a positive uh, uh, bounce off those lows uh, to begin January. Um, we had a, a very positive job report that, that started the year where we got uh, where December was listed to have 312 uh, jobs, which was far above the consensus of about 180,000, and uh, and a record, not a record year, but a big year, about 2.6 million jobs, uh, the best uh, job year we've had since since 2015. Um, so it, 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 we're looking at how, how, how do we process the fourth quarter with what we're seeing so far beginning this year, uh, and that's a lot. Of, that's a definitely big complex question that investors need to juggle with. Are we talking about a constant up and down cycle here? Because I know that in the midst of the job reports, we also had one of the worst days for the markets that we've had in the last, what, eight years, 10 years, something like that. Is it, yeah. are we are we talking up and down? Is it going to be that way the whole time, do you think? Yeah, you, you should expect that. Um, I mean, if we normally we get what's called a Christmas clause rally uh, with a, well, the market used to sell, uh, has a nice rally in the year and, and begin of January because December and January are historically the, the strong, strongest months of the year. Um, but what we saw was that we saw stocks reach extremely oversold levels. I mean, they sold off dramatically in December. And as you mentioned before, we had uh, those big down days. Um, but with those big down days, you're going to have rebounds that, that, that are reflective to those, those moves we saw downwards. I mean, the, the biggest single day gain in history, have largely occurred during bull markets. Um, you know, there's a, there's a the number that comes out that came up that over the over the last of the 125 days, where the Dow Jones uh, has averaged over four percent, ninety percent of those days occurred in the middle of a bear market or part of a bottoming process. So, yes, we're seeing these big moves uh, up, upwards and downwards. Um, but what we what, but the biggest question will still be is 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 how do you allocate your portfolio, uh, knowing that there's going to be a level of uncertainty, which there always generally is, uh, but this time keeping your emotions in check and having a thought-off strategy for proceeding cautious going forward. Are we talking more drama this time, though? Is it going to be more of a down, more of an up, that kind of a thing? Yeah, I mean, well, so fundamentally, the, the two biggest headlines, headwinds still remain, which is the, the Federal Reserve's 
and the, the trade negotiations. You know, the feds want to normalize monetary policy um, by, by raising rates to what Jerome Powell, President of the Fed, has called a, a, a neutral rate, which to some people you know, is, is an imaginary term. Um, you know, most times what the feds do is they try to target some neutral rate where the rates aren't too accommodating uh, and too easy, uh, therefore allowing speculation in asset markets. Um, but aren't too restricted with a limit credit access to credit, and most times they end up going past uh, the neutral rate and end up crippling the the economy, which leads to recession. So, comments by the Fed uh, Chairman Powell, Powell kicked off the initial selling we saw back in October, uh, and he, we also heard that, that he was being you know, harshly criticized by you know both President Trump uh, and, and other Fed watchers to slow down his rate hikes. And he even mentioned in the beginning of this year that he plans on, on, on being, being more aware of how the market's reacting um, to, so, so he doesn't overly raise hikes until a hike rates in 2019 and choke off the economic growth that we had in 2018, especially with the fiscal stimulus that we got in 2018 with the, the tax cuts. Uh, those, uh, those started to wait off uh, into the end of the year into 2019. Okay, now I have a couple of questions that come up right on top of that, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to break right here, and then we'll come back and I'll pose my questions, especially with regard to Powell and the Fed. So we'll do that right after this. City Watch on the Air is heard each week to a local and worldwide audience, exactly what a business like yours needs to attract customers to your product or service. And we can create and air a 30-second commercial for your business in one week for as little as $100. If you don't believe us, call us at 866-708-7189. 866-708-7189. Okay, we are back. And as I mentioned before the break, I wanted to ask, Chris, with regard to Powell and the Fed and the, the White House's reaction toward what he's doing, are we talking about what the possibilities might be with continued tenure for him and what the markets might do where he's suddenly not there? Or uh, is that something that we're not speculating on right now? Something that we're not speculating on right now. Uh, if, if anything, I, I think as any administration, you know, going into a major election, uh, you want to have as, as much positive uh, growth numbers with the economy as possible. And, and when you are normalizing interest rates from record lows, because prior to Powell with Ben Bernanke and Janet Yellen, we had interest rate policies that was zero. And that was historically low for a extremely long time, um, which provide a wealth effect in many asset classes. Um, and if you look at not just like real estate and some of the coastal areas, um, but we saw in Bitcoin and gold in 2011, we saw a lot of huge spikes in several asset classes. Um, and as you try to cool that off, you know, the biggest fear is, is that you might choke off some of the economic growth um, that you don't want to have uh, leading into an election year. But the, the, re the real issue is what's called the yield curve, and that is normally you have higher rates for longer dated uh, issuance of, of, of bonds. So a two-year bond uh, should have a lower yield than a 10-year a bond because a 10-year bond, you're loaning out your money for a longer period, and therefore you want a premium for that term. So what we're seeing is that the yield curve is flattening. So therefore, the younger, the longer dated bonds are providing the same amount of yield that a short-term bond is and flattening that curve. And when it inverts, so when the long-term bonds provide less yield than short-term bonds, that has been a higher probability sign for recessions. 
and that's without either looking because the yield curve continues to flatten. And that, when it flattens, becomes a precursor not only to recessions, but it worries the markets a lot. It's also bad news for banks and other financial institutions because they rely on the spread between short and long-term rates for the profitability. So talking about bad news then, we're talking about the, I want to say average business person, but the usual business person is looking at all this, and maybe they have a portfolio that is equity-rich or bond-rich, or maybe it's balanced between the two. And you're trying to run a business at the same time. You're trying to keep an eye on your portfolio. What are we telling them about this? Well, be, be mindful of where you're going to allocate risk. And when you look at the last 10 years, the annualized rate of return, the S&P 500, is about 13%. Reduce those expectations for the forward for the next 10 years. Um, don't expect to have the same boom we had in the, in, in the past because we're not going to have the same accommodated Fed action that we had in the past. And market valuations aren't as, as attractive uh, that they were uh, when the market rally first started in March 9, 2009. So um, this is a time we look at and say, hey, where are my winners at? Where am I, where am I allocating risk? Um, where do I have my dry powder? <clears throat> so when markets do roll over, I have liquidity to audit, augment my, my income and retirement. Or I have liquidity for if I were to lose my job in a recessionary environment or lose my job due to disruption uh, due to advances in technology. Um, or if I want to be a participant and buying into the next rally. Um, you want to be, you want to have to, if you're fully invested now and the market turns over, you won't have the funds necessary to be prudent investors at those appropriate prices. Okay, now your reallocation is usually, according to textbook, Every year, uh, with regard to what you just said, how often should you reallocate now, or at least consider reallocation? Uh, that's a good question. You know, some online robo advisor platforms they can rebalance for you on, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Uh, a lot of financial planning firms sometimes report on a quarterly basis. Uh, but you got to be mindful of taxes and expenses um, because some of the rebalances could could push you into a different tax bracket, lose some of your your tax credits or deductions you would have had. Previously, so something you want to discuss with your uh, financial advisor and tax advisor, um, but you want to look for big moves. You know, uh, uh, you know, right now the the, the you can look at the emerging markets. They sold off pretty hard in 2008 and, and entered bear market material. So if you were light on emerging markets or didn't have any mar emerging market allocation, uh, now is the time to kind of broaden and diversify away from the U.S. There's a huge home bias with U.S. investors where they I think participate most of the equity not only in the, in the sector that they're in, but also in, the, in companies that are in their region, um, on top of the fact that it's predominantly always U.S.-based companies. So uh, look at these valuations as times to, to add on uh, additional uh, foreign equities to improve uh, your uh, risk-adjusted returns. Okay. We're going to go to break now and come back with Chris's closing statements right after this. City Watch on the Air is heard each week to a local and worldwide audience exactly what a business like yours needs to attract customers to your product or service. And we can create and air a 30-second commercial for your business in one week for as little as $100. If you don't believe us, call us at 866-708-7189. 866-708-7189. Hello and welcome back. We were talking before the break with Chris about allocation and having a mind for what's going on in your portfolio as well as the uh, 
the uh, business uh, climate in general. Uh, Chris, in the last couple of minutes, give me an idea on what you're telling your clients with regard to keeping an eye on this, and especially if they're involved in business, keeping an eye on that. Absolutely. For the most part, be, be cautiously optimistic. There are things that you look forward to in 2019, uh, though I'm, I highlighted some of the, the, the headwinds. Um, and we still have a 3.7% unemployment rate. rate. A wage growth has been uh, very positive uh, going to this year. Um, so you don't, you don't want to have a mental attitude um, that's limiting due to the fact that your frame of mind is based on recently biased. What just happened the last month? What happened the last quarter? Uh, remember, you for investors, when you put money into an investment, it is for the long term, for long term outcome. So, I, ideally, you do not want to be, put money into the equity markets because the market was hot last month and you want to participate in it. That's not the purpose of allocating money to capital markets. Uh, so, be neutral in your mindset, so therefore you're not falling victim to uh, some of the fear and greed mechanisms that are displayed from advertising and, and, and news articles. Um, and keep unfortunately, uh, now is a good time to to talk to a financial advisor if you don't have one, and, and just use them as a sounding board and say, hey, is, is, is what I'm doing does it make sense? You don't have to hire them, but at least use them to keep you on track, so you don't have a significant amount of tracking error to what you should be doing with your portfolio, and, and and what's currently happening within your portfolio. Sounds great, of course. Chris Jackson of Lionshare Partners. As always, a welcome addition. I thank you, sir, and I wish you, of course, a good 19, and we'll be talking to you, I think, uh, top of the second quarter, yes? Everybody else, believe in yourself. If you don't, no one else will, and I will see you next time.